Welcome to Deep Cuts Live. This is the first one since PCA. So I think everyone hopefully watching has recovered from all the coverage. Uh, I know I'm still recovering. I'm sure Alan is also recovering still from PCA. Yes. It was a very good show, but it was very long at the same time. So thank you for coming on today, Alan. Uh, thank you for having me. Honestly, it's very, I very much appreciate it. Yeah, like I said, we met at the show um, for the first time, and I was very intrigued by your brand. And I still have the little flyer here. I don't know if people can see it, but that you kind of gave. I like the colors. Yeah. <laughs> Being Thank a graphic designer by uh, by first nature, I like that you use colors to kind of separate each brand so that uh, on the um, sheet that you gave because it makes it a lot easier to separate everything so like i said i I'm wanted to have you on yeah and i wanted to have you on because you were telling me about your brand um and i think that video is probably on is on my instagram it's on deep cuts live instagram um pca's instagram so it's everywhere if, if people want to kind of get that kind of in a nutshell summary but we get to dive in deep today and get more into who you are and what this brand is all about. So I'm looking forward to our conversation today. Same here, same here. So now if you want to start off by introducing yourself to people who don't know sure. you and your brand, so, go ahead and give us a spill. So my name is uh, Alan Sanabria. Uh, we got started in this business a little over five years ago, but not into necessarily cigars. We started with our pipe bowls, right? Which was these that I made by my business partner by hand, right? And these are just meant to W cigars. I smoked the whole thing to W cigars. <clears throat> After about nine months of being live, selling this on the internet, you know, promoting on IG, promoting on Facebook, um, I told my partner, I said, hey, I, I think it's time that we start our own brand. And he's just like, why do we need our own brand? <laughs> and I forget his question. Like, why do we need our own brand? I said, well, we don't need it. Uh, I really want it. He said, but why? I said, because I smoke different cigars every day. Uh, I mean, for the past like six years, basically, I try my best to smoke a different cigar all the time, find the newest brands, right? Different blends I haven't smoked yet. And I said to him, well, <clears throat> I want to blend a cigar that you and I both love, that we both enjoy. Matter of fact, I want to blend cigars that we put our stamp of approval on that if this goes out, that if that they keep your palate watering because it's so good. And, you know, he was like, well, if you want to do this, I'm down. I got your back. You know, you're my brother. You know, I'll do whatever you want. He was, I was like, well, let's do it. And uh, from, that, from that moment, everything changed for us, right? Because when we started, we were CS Cigars, which C stands for Cordova. That's his last name. Sanabria, which is my last name, right? And even though it was cigars in the name, we weren't selling cigars, though, right? So I was like, well, what do you want the cigar brand to be, right? And that was a big debate. And one of the biggest things that came out of the discussions was I kept saying over and over, the brand has to mean something to us. It has to mean something deep to us, right? And between his wife, my wife, we came up with family by loyalty. And then I said, hey, why don't we do a wordplay? Let's do X, like four by four, two by two. Family X loyalty. But it was a wordplay. A lot of people didn't get it, though. A lot of people did not get that the X meant that. And uh, we were like, yes, let's do this. Right? And then we had to find a factory to work with. That wasn't as easy as we thought it was. Right? <laughs> Finding a factory that you respect and that also doesn't have a high margin to enter because some factories have a very high, high margin before you can work with them, right? So we had to work within our means, within our budget. And uh, we fell into Blackbird factory. And uh, I smoked the cigars before. I enjoyed them. Construction. I love his marketing. I love, I love you know, how he does his marketing. And uh, he humbly accepted to work with us, right? And it was a huge mentor into our first design of, of our initial labels, right? And when we started to blend cigars, you know, he says to me, hey, listen, I can blend it for you. And then you can tell me yes or no, or you can fly it in VR. And 
land with my master blender. I said, option two, please. We're going to TR, we're blending cigars. And that was probably one of the most amazing experiences of my life. Besides my, you know, the birth of my kids, getting marriage, right? That was probably, you know, <laughs> up there. You know, I'll make sure, because I know my wife's going to watch this. I'm not paying any cut. <laughs> so, <laughs> that being said, right, um, it was amazing. Um, and Papo, Carvalho, which is, you know, his nickname, he's one of the most humble people I've met in my life. And he walked me through the whole process of blending, the leaves, the aging, right? Asking what I was looking for in tobacco. And uh, it was a beautiful experience. We'll go to more later, right? But I just want to segue into that and just say that when we were there in DR and blending, the mindset that we had was we already had anybody loyalty to the name of the brand. We chose the wolf as the mascot of the brand because the wolf, you don't have to be blood to be loyal, right? And once we chose the wolf, it was the Nordic mythology what came next. And to be very fair, how that came up was through actually the designer, the main designer of uh, Blackbird. He was like, what do you, do you know about Nordic mythology? And I was like, a little bit. Do you know the rules about Nordic mythology? And I was like, no, not really. And then we just, start, all of us started reading about it. And I was like, okay. Now, mind you, we still have the blends yet. So we found five wolves. I was like, okay. We need to create five blends for the five wolves. Right? So we already, already had the names of the cigars. Right? And we had an idea of what each cigar should be before we even went to the blending. Right? So that we're in DR, it took us three entire days from 9.30 in the morning to about 10 o'clock at night, Monday through Friday, blending to get to each cigar. And honestly, my mouth was raw. My throat was raw. I drank quite a bit of alcohol after every cigar. It wasn't a drink. I was just like, I was like, it was like a mouthwash. Like, mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> because after every, your, your, your palate becomes numb after a while. And when you're blending with, with the master blender, and you're trying to find those little notes, right, that are still just raw, right? It's, they're, they're, they're not what they're, they're going to be in six months. So it was, it, it, was a, it was a beautiful, painstaking, painstaking process. But working with that master blender, he, man, he worked all night. One night on the third day, we, we uh, at the factory. He got to the factory around 4 or 5 in the morning. He was wow. already blending because he's because we still haven't picked a cigar yet, so he was like, nobody has challenged me this hard in six years, and that's when we came up with, with uh, two cigars, Hockey and Skull, was that morning, and then and then Fenrir came a day later. But the blending process, the most beautiful thing about it was that when I was working with Pompo and my partner, and even Sergio was there with us. It was the fact that he listened. Like he listened to what I was looking for. And what I was looking for was transitions. When I say transitions, what I'm really trying to say is that I don't like cigar to be one dimensional. I don't like the way it starts, it's the way it finishes. Um, maybe I have a little bit of ADHD, I don't know. But I get bored easily with a cigar. I really do. I don't have that palate and patience to wait for a cigar to develop, right? For, to to find those nuances, right? I want it from the moment that you light it, not to hit you in your gut with full of nicotine and full strength. I want it to hit your palate where your your, your mouth starts to water and you, you, you feel all the flavors on the roof of your mouth, underneath your tongue, on the retro. You, you, that the moment you start, you feel that. And as you keep smoking, that the, the flavors in itself can change, alter, or increase. And strength also increases so that you are entertained. Because for me, if the cigar doesn't entertain me, I'll turn it off. I would, I would just turn it off. Sorry, I, I know we're going to touch. Like, I'm talking, no. so I apologize. No, it's fine. No. <laughs> so, uh, any questions you want? <laughs> no. So, w- with that process, I'm always interested in about how people get into the industry. So, you got into the industry basically by selling an accessory first. Is that true? Yes, correct. Correct. And so I think that's interesting because most people that we speak to or that I speak to here, um, they come into the industry maybe through retail 
and they spend a little time getting to know the industry, but few come through the accessory route. So working with an accessory like yours, which is very unique, and I know that there's others on the market like it now, but how did that give you a different perspective on, on what people were looking for in terms of like what they were looking for in terms of product, what they were looking for in terms of brand and brand experience and just customer service? So when it came to the accessory, the accessory wasn't what kind of pushed us to the cigar, right? The, the actually making a cigar was a dream of mine of almost 22 years ago. So when I started smoking cigars, it, it was I was influenced by Sopranos. Remember that show, right? I was heavily influenced by that, by that show and being a, you know, a New Yorkian, as I always tell everybody. And I was like, man, you know, like, it's dope, right? <clears throat> Anyhow, I had my first cigar, which was a Cuban from a, a friend of my wife's, right? And I thought, oh, this is pretty cool. And then about six months passes, and a coworker of mine at CBS says, hey, man, I heard you live in the Poconos. I said, yeah, I do. Because well, I live in Stroudsburg. We could commute together. And I was like, oh, awesome. I go pick him up the first day. Do you smoke cigars? He had a travel humidor with him. <laughs> and and we, what I did not know was that this, this gentleman, Keith Short, not, it was like my brother as well today, but he's been smoking for 15 years already when I met him. What was it, which one? 22 years ago. Right? And Every day we would smoke two cigars going in, two cigars coming out, right? And we did this for almost a year. And again, I was smoking all types of cigars. And after about a year doing that with him, I said, man, one day I want to have my own brand. He was like, why? I said, because this is amazing, like the, 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 how a cigar develops, depending on who blends it, what leaves, what seeds, the country, that all intrigued me. And I had that conversation with my cousin. And I don't remember this conversation because literally a year ago, my cousin called me and says to me, bro, I'm so proud of you. Do you remember that conversation we had? I'm like, what conversation? And he reminded me of that. So <clears throat> the cigar accessory, in a nutshell, wasn't the determining factor. The determining factor was while I was selling the cigar accessories to my partner, I noticed how boutique brands were popping up left and right. And I started ordering cigars from different brands constantly. I, I like I I stopped with the daily brands of my father for drone. I, I I stopped smoking the the mainstream brands essentially, mm -hmm. and I just started smoking as many different unique and new brands I could find. Right, and that was and during that time, wild cigar sessions is what led me to say, man, I could blend something that fits my palate to make me be happy with, and I could blend a few different cigars, but different types of the day, and how I felt. And that was actually the goal. The goal was to make five cigars that I actually smoke, that I really enjoy, that I can sell to others because I can sell ice to Eskimos when I believe in something. If I don't believe in it, I can't sell it. I think that's interesting what you said about you switching off from like those brand names that we all know and recognize and going in search of something new. Because I think that's what a lot of boutique companies want to happen, but it's hard to get some consumers to, to do that. But I do know that with the younger adult cigar smokers that are coming into the, the lifestyle now, they are willing to try new cigars, whereas the older ones uh, are kind of fixated on those brands that they recognize and that their father smoked and their grandfather smoked. And I always tell people that they should probably uh, take the same approach that you did. And, you know, don't be loyal to just one brand, but be willing to try a whole bunch of different stuff because you never know. And that's the only way you're going to kind of expand your palate and really get outside of what, uh, you know, what you think you like and try to figure out what you look really like. How are you going to figure out what you like if you smoke one brand? Because one brand has like the one you know, approach to making a cigar and to blending. And usually, even though they say they, they make something for somebody else's palate, they're really making it for, you know, their palate and what they get used to. I am so glad you mentioned that because that was the, actually the reason why I started smoking different uh, cigars is because 
I was like, okay, I want to learn more about each rapper. And I want to learn about more about each brand and then the blends, why they created, right? And that's what really led me to create my own brand, right? And you got to think about it. You, everything you said is spot on, right? But let's look at the liquor industry right now. Yeah, the, the mainstream brands still run, right? But you're seeing small boutique brands pop up every day making amazing things, right? And the public's standing behind it. Same thing with clothing line. Today, people want different. They want new. They want unique. They're no longer conforming to like, oh, this is the way, this is how this brand makes it, this is how it's going to taste, and this is what it's going to be. Like, no. Right? And, of course, as cigar smokers, they die out. The new ones take over. And the new ones, they want unique. They want different. They don't want always nicotine powerhouses to your gut. Right? So I believe, and, I, and there's a few other brands out there that believe like I do, that the next five to 10 years, the medium body sticks, the mounted medium body sticks that are full in flavor, that make your mouth water, that's what's really going to be driving the market, not the nicotine powerhouses. You have to you know, pull every one minute really slowly to find the nuances and the taste before the nicotine hits your gut. I think another thing that you're talking about too is you and I noticed this when I was speaking to you at the trade show a couple of weeks ago. Um, you're very passionate about your story and you're and you seem to really enjoy telling your story. And I say that yes. and you smile and you laugh, but there are some people like when you approach them, they don't want to tell their story. They feel like it's old news. They talk old it a thousand times, everyone knows it. And I just had a phone call right before this podcast from someone who, who randomly asked a question. Oh, at the trade show. Did you, you know, you and I talked about this, but do you, are you seeing more people talk about this or telling, selling their product through telling their story or are they just sticking to the, the usual wrapper binder filter spiel? And I said, you know, I was like at a trade show experience, I was like, you still get a lot of people who I think because they get rehearsed and you have a whole bunch of retailers coming up to you, you know, almost like in a, you know, continuous line and, and you, you have to have that spiel. So I think for me, I said, I still encountered a lot of the rap. This is the rapper binder filler. But I know like for you, I didn't get that story. I got like, this is why we started this brand. You know, this is what we're passionate about. Yeah, we had to do a rebrand, but it was it turned out to be a good thing. And you were really like, we're diving into the story. And I think that's what I try to get at with a lot of people in the industry is that rapper binder filler is interesting. And I'm sure it sells to some people. But I don't think everyone is like a aficionado to the point where you can magically take, you know, the wrapper binder filler information and say, oh, wow, that's going to be a great cigar. I don't know what that means. Like, you can tell me the wrapper binder filler. I get so many press releases in and read them. I can't tell you what what those cigar, you know, those different tobaccos together mean. I can't tell you what it's going to taste like. I can't tell you what the aroma is going to be like. Well, can, can I say this, right? Because you have to, like I said to you, I'm not the best salesperson. I'm just being very clear, right? Like, yes, I want to make sales. I want to, and I know the brands will get bigger. But for me, first and foremost, I want to get to know you. I want to vibe with you. And if I don't vibe with you, I won't tell you my story. Or if I, if I take my stories, it'll be really short, real quick, right? Um, again, because here's what I've learned. And not, not has it been two years public since we've been live with our cigars, right? And I say what I've learned is this. The relationships and connections that you make that are true, whether it was yesterday, whether it was two years ago, those stores, those brothers and sisters of the league, those friends, those retailers, those brand owners, they're going to support you. They're going to help you grow. Yeah, I want to be at Thousand Shops. And we will be there. But we're going to make our way to the supporters. We're going to make our way to the ones that believe in the brand, believe in the story, love us. But also, they love our cigars. And the cigars, once they move them, they move themselves. And that's why I tell every shop, you just have to move the cigars once. You don't have to keep promoting it all year round. You have to get it to the crowd. Let them taste it. Let, let them decide. But you have to give it to them in their hands. So... 
I tell my story to everyone who wants to listen, but not everybody wants to listen that stands in front of your desk. And I'm a, you know, I guess a quote unquote empath. empath. So I'll feel your energy. If you feel like if you don't want to be there, I'll pretty much tell you, you can go. <laughs> you know, but I want to get to know you and I want you to get to know me. I want, I want you to know that, hey, this is what Alan stands for. This is what his partner stands for. This is what his family stands for. And then when I smoked a cigar, I'm like, then you say, damn, okay. And I also like what cigars he makes. And I want you to get behind the cigar and the store, not just the cigar. And I get it. A lot of these store owners don't give a shit about the story. They want to be clear, right? They just want the cigar to move itself. But like in everything in, the, in this world, right? In the cigar industry, there's, there's no marketing. Marketing is hand-to-hand, word-of-mouth, right? So a lot of shops are starting to see where boutiques really do well, but they have to move them. In order to move them, they have to know them. And they don't have to support a single brand. Just bring in the brands that you know that your customers will like based on the flavor profile. And if you know your customers, you'll bring the right in. I know part of what I think you do really well is, and people can see your Instagram thing here on the, the handle on the screen, um, and we'll do a plug at the end of the show. But I remember my first encounter with your brand was actually through Instagram, and it was during this trade show. And I don't know how it came to be or whatever, but I managed several different accounts. So I don't know if it was on my account or if I was on you know the PCA account um, one morning. Yeah. I remember being at the trade show a couple weeks ago one morning before I came down to the, to the floor and I was scrolling through Instagram trying to post stuff that morning. And I saw one of the videos that you all posted and it was like, you all coming into the trade show, you were, you were, a, you know, the big family holding hands, big group. And I was like, who is this? Like, who is this group? I don't know if I can react it, but I was like, have my phone. I was like in bed, like have my glasses on. <laughs> who is this like group? I mean, it's like the, the posse. And it was like the, the video was like all together. And I was like, what is going on here? I was like, but I, it made me like, like I said, it stood out to me because to me it was like great marketing because you do kind of pause. It's like, you know, when you watch people come into the trade show, I mean, some people are just like there and it's like very business-like. You have the people who want, are in the suits, you know, you have the people who are just like, it's morning. I don't want to be talking to you right now. You all came in like, like we're going to like plan this out. We want people to know from, you know, from the get go. This is what family by loyalty is all about. And I felt like that video, you know, it was a short video. Yeah. I kind of just showed you all. It kind of set the tone and the vibe. And I thought that was like really creative again, because it's a visual cue instead of just, you know, you could have typed it out. Family by loyalty is all about blah, blah, blah. But instead of you just showed it. Yeah, we brought the whole crew, right? We brought our, brought our wives, right? We brought, our, we brought Danny from Five Five Cigar Views, my brother from another mother, Miyagi, another brother from another mother, right? Um, uh, Francesco Genoa, aka Cigar Crumbs, part of the Deadly Cigar Deadly Breakfast Club, and he's the one who actually came up with the idea. And it was amazing. He's an amazing photographer, an amazing individual. Matter of fact, you know, if, if when he watched the video, um, I wish him the best of luck getting getting married in Italy in the next week. Because right now he's in Italy getting married again for his wife, for his family. So you know, he's an amazing individual talented as hell and one of the most humble people I know, right? Um, but that's what we stand for, right? Is is that. It's it's like, we're going to show you guys, we're here. We're here. We're good people. Enjoy our cigars. Enjoy our company, right? We're, we're not pushy salesperson. Trust me, like, you know how many times people have said to me, you got to wear a suit. Listen, I'll wear a suit. But I'm going to have my hat on like this. <laughs> Right? Like, I'll dress nice, but I'm still me. And what does that mean? <laughs> I am a person that loves to have a good conversation, be surrounded with good people, morally upright people, right? And I like to bug out, right? And that's why with the rebranding, you know, the same photographers, I just was one who designed our new logo. When he came up with this brand, he says to me, I want the logo to match your personality. Your New York, your New Rican style with the elegance you bring to the cigar. And that's how he came up with this, right? 
And I was blessed, honestly, very blessed. The rebranding was a shock. You know, when we had the rebrand, obviously we weren't happy about it, but nothing we could do about it. But it was a blessing disguise because we met him. When we met him, not only did we get him as a uh, brother, we got his wife now, his sister. You know, my wife, his wife, my partner's wife, like sisters, all three of us like brothers. And the energy that you, when you interact with people who are on the same mission, care about each other and and feel each other, do great things together. You know what I mean? And trust me, it's part of the reason why I joined the BCA, to see who I vibe with there, to see you you know, who I link up with there, right? Because together we do big things. If you know what I'm, you know what I'm trying to say. Oh, I think I do. Um, what I did like is, you know, and when you just mentioned the BCA, is we talk about um, the BCA had a pavilion or a big area on the trade show floor this year at the PCA or Premium Cigar Association trade show. Um, and you really got a good sampling, I feel like, of boutique brands. Now, you all could have easily had your own booths outside of, of that. But I, I find that it, it was like strength in numbers almost. It's like mm-hmm. you couldn't pass that booth area without getting pulled inside of it. And or I know a retailer sometimes retailers, you know, have their list of all the brands that they already carry. And they're only looking for maybe one or two you know, unknowns for, for them in their in their world um, to kind of bring in and try. And then it's like for a boutique brand, you probably have to jump a few more hurdles to, you know, to get beyond that first, you know, buy-in. So I felt like the area where you all were at, even though I know that you and I were talking about beforehand, you know, there, there was a little bit of a flow issue with where it was situated with the back end kind of being right up against the food court, <laughs> you have to kind of rely on yeah. people, you know, to, to leave that food court area and come over to you all, which is a little bit difficult. But I still think it was like strength in numbers. And what I liked about it was that none of you all were the same. <laughs> like the booth on the other side of you, I think, was Supreme Tobacco from Haiti. And they yep. were completely different vibe, completely different story. You had um, OM cigars on over here. You had, um, you know, Kathy over here and, and so on and so forth and, and conscious cigars. Each one of you were different, you know, and it was a nice for me. It, I always bring up this reference. I know people are, are probably too young now to get this reference. But back in the 80s, <laughs> we, you know, you had a moment at, um, at Toys R Us some weekends where they were bringing like the uh, – characters from Saturday morning cartoons when we had Saturday morning cartoons and each cartoon character will be positioned at different points in the store and you would line up to get your picture taken or do whatever and then you would miraculously be there you know near their products like you know the Ghostbusters you have He-Man and you know it just took you around the store um and that's what I felt like the, the pavilion was it was like once you got there it was hard for you to just, just to say, oh, I'm just going to see this one company and, and I'm going to walk out. Like, no, you kind of went th- through stations and it was completely a different, like I said, a different vibe, a different approach to business. And I thought that was like really creative. So, um, you know, for me, what stood out for you all was that you was such a, like I said, the artwork, because I'm a graphic designer, like I said, by first nature. Um, when I first graduated from college, graphic design was like my main thing. So what stood out to me was like, when you look at your artwork, it was like, wow, like this is really different. Like it's not, and I know some retailers cause I heard uh, a retailer recap of PCA a couple of days ago. And they were saying like, they do pay attention to artwork. You know, if your cigar is great, that's one thing, but they expect it to also be attractive and look good. And I don't think a lot of people take that into consideration, but your well, brand and your band, especially the one you just showed, really pops and stands out to the point where you at least want to say, pick it up and say, who is this? What is this? You know, and then it kind of opens up the doors to exploring more about your brand. So so now that you say that, right? Yes, the, the rebranding was the effort that brought this beauty to life. 
but at the same time, in the past year, a lot of our customers and retailers say, hey, man, your, your fans are a little too big. And customers, they, they want to take more pictures of your cigars. They hate taking their big band off, right? And, you know, we listen, right? We, we, we actually listen. We're like, okay, we're rebranding anyway. We're rebranding. Let's do something different. Because our, our original bands on the long words were like this. See right here mm-hmm. the skull. Took out most of the cigar. So with the rebranding, we said, you know what? We're taking everybody's feedback. And we'll have one main band, one secondary band on all our cigars. Right? And the main band will be the main lo- the main logo, the main brand of the company. And you're 100 percent correct. So let me say this one thing to you. Last year, when we went live, we've had a lot of retailers said the price point is too high. We're a boutique brand. Okay, we, we work out of a different factory, right? We don't get the same prices. We worked really hard on our blends. They're full in flavor. And to go to your point, a lot of people, most people out there are visual people. Mm-hmm. If the brand does not appeal to their eye and they don't know it, they're not going to, they're not, they're less likely to try it. But the brand is appealing. There be and they don't know it. They might be more inclined to try. And whereas last year people complained about the prices, this year people said, "Oh, this is fair. This is wonderful. This is great." Right? All brand, <laughs> right? All branding. I definitely see can see that being the issue. It's like we don't put as much attention into the artwork and the visual appeal of cigars than we should. But well, it's like, if you went to like a country, I think like Canada that has like plain packaging, you know, and you don't have the option of, <laughs> of doing a, a, a nice band or a, even a nice box, it has to all be plain and you just get like a little label. Then it's like, that's a different story. But here in America, we still have the ability to have nice packaging and stuff like that. So retailers know that, you're going to be in a, a humidor with a whole, sometimes a thousand different other SQ, you know, SKUs as they call it. And you have to be able to compete visually because that's what re, that's what consumers go in there. Like if I'm a consumer, I'm going to look at, you know, a, a red band or gold foil or whatever. It's going to make me kind of pause and at least take a look at it. I'm not saying I'm going to buy it, but at least gets me over there to explore and say, and consider yeah. And if you think you have one of our cigars next to you, our main mm-hmm. band is matte, and our secondary band is satin. And even the font that and, you use is stands yeah. out. Yeah. And, you know, like, for instance, we have a lot of people stop us literally when we're shopping in the middle of the streets. Where can I buy this? Not just cigar smokers. Mm-hmm. Where can I buy this hat? When I wear my shirt, people stop me like, where can I buy that shirt? So when we did our brand, we just, we just didn't think about our cigars. We literally thought Family by Loyalty as a whole, not just Family by Loyalty cigars, Family by Loyalty accessories, Family by Loyalty clothing, right? So it, the whole thing went behind it. And not to mention that when you're a cigar brand owner, think about it this way. You're an artist. You know. If you were to design, if you had to start your own brand, I'm pretty confident you're going to design your own bands. And the reason why I say that is because you as a designer now know what you're looking for. And when you're a brand owner, sometimes, like we did, the first design we got, we have already because we're just excited. Right. Right? And that's why the rebranding was something that had to happen, that was special, because it really forced us to find the right designer. We went through multiple designers, right? To And it, it took... Francesco, meeting him, that he just moved from China to Hialeah, met him at my local cigar lounge, and when two days he had my logo design. That's good. That's a good turnaround. <laughs> I know many designers that can't do a, a quick turnaround like that. So that's. No, but but this is what I'm trying to say to you. I think that a lot of brand owners, and this is hard. It took, look, there's designers everywhere, but you know that if you if you are vibing with your customer. You can build something that you know they're going to love because you feel what they want. If you don't vibe with them, don't feel you're, you're going to make something, but you, you still may not see the vision as a designer. 
And when you find a designer that says, I know, I know what he wants. I, I know exactly what he wants. And it's like, boom. And that's what happened. That's, exa- that's exactly what happened. So I want to switch gears a little bit. And we talked about basically how you got into the industry. We touched on the, the rebranding that you went through, how your cigars look. So I feel like it's only natural now to kind of talk about the cigars themselves. So when I, so I want to ask this question and I ask this question usually to people and it, and it kind of, it's one of those tricky questions, but when you were working on these blends in the factory and these different cigars um, that you have now in the market, did you have a particular cigar smoker in mind? Like, did you say, you want it to make, I know usually sometimes people say, I want to make a cigar for everybody, you know, every palate, or I want to make a cigar for those that are, you know, beginners or for those that are aficionados that like strong cigars. Who are you making cigars for? So <clears throat> that's the reason why we created Five Lives, right? And the Wolf of the Wolves of the God series, right? When we first started, we started off with these two. Let me just bring them up. Frankie and Jerry, the first two that we came out with, the blend. Right? And this was an, an honor of my brother and I. Right? Jerry is mine, Frankie is his. Right? Son of the best rapper, and Habana. Um, and when we were getting ready about a year before TPE, we were already pre selling uh, Frankie and Jerry doing like cigar weeks, right? Trying to get the name out there. Um, I can talk to my partner, I said, man, the number's not correct. He said, what do you mean? I said, just two cigars, just two? Like, what are the odds that somebody else will love our San Andres or the odds someone's gonna love Havana? Yes, we love them. We blend them, we know they're great, but it doesn't matter what we think, right? And that's when we decided to go to DR for the second time where we, where we blended Hockey Skull and Fenrir. And was to have five lines that none of them hit, none of them started off full. That was the goal. None of them could start off full. The highest thing to start off is medium strength. And the idea was, to be very clear, I know that I said we went for everybody, but yes, that was the idea. The idea was the fact that we have five lines and one of at least one of our cigars should be able to touch your palate. Whether it's at breakfast, whether it's at brunch, lunch, dinner, after dinner, right? And that was actually the honest goal. The honest goal was the hit. Again, we didn't go making f- nicotine full power, full strength powerhouses. None of us cigars. That was that was never the goal. The never the goal was I want to be able to hit the brand new smoker, the the weekend smoker, the wedding day smoker, the golfer smoker, the everyday smoker, right? But we weren't in tart. We wanted to, we, we want what our finance to convince the full strength, full body smokers. Hey, try our medium body transitional cigars that were in closer to full and tell me you're not enjoying this. Right? That was really the goal. The goal is sh- we, we wanted, to sh- wanted to show everybody you can make cigars that start off mild and medium, start off medium and full, start off mild towards medium plus, and you're going to have a phenomenal experience. You don't have to be an experienced smoker to enjoy it because for the moment you like every one of our cigars, your mouth is going to be salivating immediately. And you're going to taste all your, all this, all your senses will be lit, especially on the When you were earlier, when you were talking about transitions, I always look for transitions in cigars. And I know that a lot of companies kind of hype that, and yet you don't really always uh, detect it. <laughs> You know, it's 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 kind of like there's only been like one or two cigars r- really lately that I feel like you get an actual transition. So since you have been in the, in the laboratory of the factory <laughs> making these blends and stuff, what does it take to really get a real transition? Because I feel like people, again, that's one of those terms that you hear in the premium cigar well, world, but I don't so, know what actually achieves it. So... People do achieve it. Like another brand besides ourselves that achieves that, that achieves that is apostate. You know, uh, I love Brandon Kendrick the work that they do, right? And they do achieve that. 
it, when it comes down to it, he's working with the master blender, right? It's helping him understand that because a, a lot of people, I, I'm not going to mention any names, right? A lot of brand owners will just say, hey, I want to blend this type of cigar. This is what I'm looking for. Master blender brings it. Yes, I love it. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> I didn't do that. <laughs> you know, it, 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 was a lot of, it was a lot of back and forth communication between myself and the master blender constantly. Look, he will blend a cigar right in front of me. It'd be one for me, one for my partner, one for him, one for Jones. And we're smoking. And I'm going to say, nope. He's like, but why? I'm like, it's, it's bland. Oh, but you know, it's, it, it, this is fresh roll. I said, yes, I do understand it. It's not, it's not touching where I, where I need to be. And it was, boom, next one, next one, next one. Why? And when I, when Papa finally finished the rest of my lines, he understood exactly what I was going for. Now he's like, I understand what Alan is asking, right? And how he blended it, and some of our cigars, is by adding a little bit more Lijero some places, right? As you keep going, you know, changing the blend just a little bit uh, to, be, to, to increase a bit at the second third and the final third. For instance, everybody who smokes the Frankie and Jerry on the Grand Tour size, all have told me the cigar changes constantly, constantly. Right, the way it starts, not the way you finish. When you smoke hockey in this size, it's creamy, citrusy, it, it's full of smoke. When you smoke in the pipe size, the cedar bomb right to your face with some sweetness in the back end, right? But if you smoke the Grand Toro down to the second half, you're like, wait, this is not loud. Whoa, what just happened? Right? Same thing with the skull as well. It doesn't have as many transitions as the Frankie and Jerry, but when you start this, it's so creamy. Retro has a nice little pepper in the back end, but in the second third, that retro is smooth as hell. And then the final third is bold, peppery, and smooth, right? Sweetness. So, it really, when it comes down to transitions, it's really like the master blender and yourself have to really un- be united in understanding what you're really trying to accomplish. And again, once he once he got Brecky and Jerry, then Hockey, he's like, okay, I understand. I understand. What family by loyalty now is what they were looking for. But it, it, that took work. And that took, again, a vibe. A lot of people don't like when I say, oh, I vibe with this person, I don't vibe with that person. But my world, when I vibe with you, that means you got, you got my friendship, you got my brotherhood, you got my loyalty. And if I vibe with you and you vibe with me, it means we're going to do great things together. Right? And we were able to achieve that because it was a constant communication with the master blender on what we're trying to achieve. Right on my own, I couldn't do because I'm not a master blender. Right, I'm I'm just the guy that says, "Hey, this is what I'm trying to achieve. Please, master, help me achieve this." Right, but if you say yes to the first blend or yes to the second blend, maybe you're lucky. But and honestly speaking, like if you have not made that connection with the master blender. Did you really taste those transitions? Because when you're smoking a cigar for the first time, freshly rolled, those those nuances are, are a lot. They're, they're, they're not they're not so pronounced. So you have to have a really sensitive palate to like and smoke slow and steadily and trying to figure out. Because if if I blend a cigar and I say yes, hey Blackbird, I want fifty thousand these sticks, and then six months later when I pick it up, it's nowhere what I thought it would be. I just lost a lot of money. Mm-hmm. I think that's interesting. And I like what you say about vibing with people. Because I don't think we, I think that's a a sentiment that goes on in the cigar industry that we don't really talk about a lot. Because there's, because, there's because vibing is not business. Listen, right. if I was a really great business person, man, I would have been at around 200 shops already. But I'm not the best, right? It, I'm not, though. Yes, I guess that's a good question, too. It's like you're not you don't strike me as someone who's like in a rush to grow to to this point where you're in stores that, like you said, you don't, uh, you know, like you don't have that connection with that retailer. Like that retailer needs to understand you almost like that same relationship that you have with the master blender. You two understand each other like you need to be able to understand that retailer so that you two are on the same page so that when you're not there in the store, they actually know how to promote and like sell your brand. It won't just like let it sit there. If somebody has a question about it, they go, I don't know. 
Yeah, I mean, I'll give you a prime example. We're about close to 30 shops now, right? Mm -hmm. With the new ones we added, maybe a little bit more. But in the past year, of those 30 shops, 15 have reordered at least four times, right? Some more. But I could relate my sales to my connections with the store owner or the manager, right? And once they push it, they also have to scar themselves now. But when you don't make it, when you're a new brand and you're not constantly traveling, which I'm not right now, and you don't have representation in each city, I could sell to every city. But I promise you, 75% or more of those stores are not going to be oil. So I'd rather focus on the connections that I make, the, the vibe that I make, and work with those store owners that care about me and the brand and really push hard. I mean, like, for instance, the Toro Cigar Company has ordered 30 boxes and sold out within two weeks, but they did buy one, get one free. They did it solely to promote my brand. Right? So these are the connections and relationships I'm talking about. Like, when I went to PCA last year, yes, we did okay. But it wasn't about doing okay last year. The connections that we made and the people that we met when we came back this year, we had those same exact people who did not buy that last year, bought this year, and those same exact people bring customers to us. Right? That's what I love about this industry. And that's why like, I'm not brute forcing myself into every shop. I'd rather do this organically, get in, and then shops, once I get to one shop in one city, and that shop moves well, all of the shops are going to contact me. But if I just go ahead and try brute force everywhere and I don't make those connections, one order, maybe two from lunch, right? That, that taps into the theme that kind of runs through Deep Cuts, at least this fourth season of Deep Cuts, um, which is the idea of patience in business. Like you have to be patient because things aren't going to happen overnight. Things don't even happen over the course of a couple months. Sometimes they take uh, a couple of years to actually come to fruition. But there's so many people because of this uh, kind of environment that we live in where we get things, you know, we can go on our phones and order something and it's here two days later, if not overnight. <laughs> you know, we want instant gratification, instant results. Uh, and what you're talking about is that idea of that be patient you know, be willing to kind of string it out a little bit just to kind of get the best results because the things come to those weights that old, you know, added. You well, here. It's also a matter of financing too. Let me, let me be very honest, right? If I had an investor that came in with a million dollars, I can easily, you know, push this brand harder, right? And, and do what it needs to be done. You, when you're a boutique brand, and again, a lot of big names started off the way I did or worse than I did, right? You're just trying to make it happen, right? And you, you got to work with what you have, right? And by working with what you have, you have to also understand the people you're working with. And, and everything's a personality, right? Yeah, and I th but I think at, at the same time, from my, I mean, I'm not a brand owner or have no desire really to even get into that part of the business. But I think from my experience, looking at other industries and, people knowing people who have gotten into business and entrepreneurship is that when they, when they do sometimes get that outside, you know, investor, they think all is well and we're going to like grow and this is going to accelerate the business. And it usually slows down the business a little bit because there's no such thing as, as, uh, as always like a silent partner. And I think that's what they always want. They think I want a silent partner. I want someone who, to come in, give me the money and then I'm going to make this thing work. And in every situation that I've known that someone who's come in as a silent partner, they get very loud at some point thinking, I want my investment back. I want like I was promised this, you know, if I invested, I was going to see a return of like this. You know, we need to make changes now. And then it gets like really frustrating because then it's like, how do well, you untangle? It's almost like the Jada Pinkett Smith thing, well, like entanglement. Like, you're entangled with that person. Uh, and it's hard to like unbound them from your business so i think here comes the, the difference right so 
if you get an investor and you promise them that you have profits within a year or two or three, you, you already lied, right? That's number mm -hmm. one, okay? <clears throat> number two, when you buy a house, you want to make sure the foundation is secure, right? It's built correct. And once the foundation is built correct, then you can add all the beauty to it you want, right? So when you start a brand new business, you can have a million dollars of funding. But if you don't get your foundation, if your foundation is not solid as far as your brand, number one. I think for anybody who's starting a new cigar brand, I'm going to tell you guys my, my personal opinion, not to be completely wrong. I think the number one thing is having your cigar brand, your branding done first before you have a brand. And if that brand is not wild, if it does not make you say, man, that's freaking phenomenal, you shouldn't be doing it. And number two, if you're getting a cigar business, it's not cheap. It's not cheap, right? You got the cigar costs. All oh, the cigars are cheap. Yeah, you got the import fee, you got the label fee, you got the box fee, right? Uh, you got the warehouse fee. <laughs> so it, it, it's not a cheap industry to get into. And in a cigar business, it's not necessarily about making a phenomenal cigar. It's about making a, it's making a, a halfway decent cigar with halfway decent branding and be able to get the people behind it. So for us, it was, we want to make a, not a halfway decent, we want to make a phenomenal cigar that we loved, that people could fall in love with the brand, right? Because you've heard my, you heard the story that I gave you, Family by Loyalty. But if I had to talk to you about Family by Loyalty for my partner's life and for my life, it goes further deep because my, my mom and I, we lived in and out of homeless shelters, right? Women's battered shelter, aluminum house in Puerto Rico. I know what it is to be broke as dirt, eating, you know, whatever you can, right? I know what it is to live in the hood. And my partner living in Cuba, being raised by his grandparents, right? Not having his family. And, and again, your brand has to really stick out. I mean, like, for instance, another brand besides the house that I give a lot of love to is Conscious. I love conscious branding because it's something that means so so much to him. And that's what I believe. I believe that when you're a new brand, your brand should really reflect you too. Because if it reflects you, you stand behind that patch. You will make it. You keep pushing hard. Don't give up. Even when times are hard. Right? But if you don't invest that much time into your branding, me personally, I don't think that you will get what you want to get to at the rate you want to get to. I agree with that. Um, at this point in the show, I usually like to wrap things up for this part of the interview with two questions that everyone gets asked. The first of those questions is, do you have a philosophy that you live by? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Discipline is the key. And do your best to live as morally upright as possible. Numbers are perfect. And every day, remember that somebody better than you. Try to be humble. Okay? And that's it. You know, that's how I raise my kids. That's how my wife and I are. That's how people we have around us are. Right? And when we say fan of our loyalty, a lot of people think it's just sales page. No. Because if you and I vibe, we family. Trust. You come to my house. You're going to play with my dogs. You're going to be in my pool. We're going to chill. Like, I don't care where you're from, where you work at. You get two shits. Like, if you vibe with me, you're part of the family. Like, I, I don't, I'm the type of person that, yeah, I work with Blackbird. But guess what? I don't demand nothing for Blackbird. Everything I do, I pay. Right? I don't expect anything in return except for the services I pay. I don't use people to get what I need. You offer, great. Right. But again, I, I live by the code. The code is I treat others the way I want to be treated. And treat um, others as, as we, you want to. Which is always a good rule to live by, which more people should, <laughs> should actually live by that rule. But that's a whole nother conversation. Um, the final question for you for, for this part of the interview is I would like you to finish the sentence. Alan is... An overall great guy. Far from perfect, 
far from perfect, but overall a great guy. At least my wife tells me. <laughs> well, obviously she's always right. So yeah. <laughs> can't go wrong there, right? Well, well, awesome. Well, I want you to tell people who are not watching this so they haven't seen the website or Instagram, but tell people how they can get in touch with you, what social media things they need to uh, follow and be aware of in order to get to know more about Family by Loyalty Cigars. Yeah, I mean, at our website, which you see right here on the on this page, right? Familybyloyaltycigars.com. Instagram, familybyloyaltycigars. I'm active on Instagram. If you DM me, I do respond, right? Um, I, I answer all questions. I'm always honest. And uh, try my cigars out. And not, when I say try, listen, if you want to elevate your palate, it's not just what I'm doing. I'm not going to sit here and try to push my brand and force it down your throat. But what I'm going to say to you is this. If you want a cigar that's not one dimension, and you want a cigar that takes you on a journey, try any one of my sticks on a Grand Toro, and you'll go through a journey. If you want to feel that medium body hit you right to your face, then try it on a small size, the pipe size, three and a half by 52. And each of those cigars will smack you right in your palate. <laughs> and, you know, beyond that, I'm pretty sure that once you have one of our cigars, you're going to say, wow, I see what they're talking about. Then, Hit me up. Tell me what you think about it. I, I welcome all feedback, right? Listen, 99% of feedback I got is positive. I got one someone to tell me, hey, I don't like your cigars. And I had somebody tell me, sometimes, some people, remember, people are each their own unique individual. Some people become a fanboy of one type of cigar. Some stores only carry Nicaraguan. I've seen that. That's all they promote, support. And that's fine. And I tell people all the time, hey, my cigars, they've been made in the Dominican Republic, but the leaves come from all different regions. Right? So, try us out. Bug out with us. Have fun with us. You meet us at an event. I am talkative as hell. I am not the type of guy going to events to sit down. I'm going to watch you. I'm going to talk to you. I'm going to ask you a bunch of questions. Right? Uh, like I said, I'm an extrovert. See, and I'm the opposite. I'm an introvert. <laughs> But thank, but it was awesome to have you on. Like I said, you were the first kind of one every year at this time. At this time of year, I always come back from PCA with a whole list of people that I want to have on the show. And you were like one of the first people that I reached out to, and the first one of the first people who responded back and was like, "I can do it this week because I didn't do anything last week. I re I was in recovery mode, but when I reached out this week, I was like, I was like." Family by Loyalty is one of those brands that stood out to me. And I was like, I would really like to have Alan on because, like I said, I just remember you sharing so much of your story at the booth. And I was like, this would be a good podcast. So thank you for coming uh, on and sharing your story uh, with the whole audience today. Well, I want to say that I appreciate you. I've been watching you for a long time. And I love what you're doing for the industry. And you know, keep, keep it up. And next time we see each other, then smoke a cigar let's have a drink you know if you drink you know and let's have, let's have a good time man you know i know you may not be an extrovert but i'll, I'll make you crack the fuck up <laughs> well i look forward to that and um so actually so alan and i are going to be filming a couple other things that you can catch on the youtube channel and instagram and all that um but if you want to watch any of this interview of the other 100 and i think there's 133 episodes at this point uh, you can catch them all at deepcutslive.com or on youtube.com slash deepcutslive. Um, and we would be back with even more episodes again with uh, a couple other people from that boutique cigar pavilion this year um, are coming on to Deep Cuts Live in, over the next two or three weeks. So I'm looking forward to uh, kind of exploring more about this boutique world that probably should get a little bit more attention than it does. So. Thank you, Alan, for being the first to kind of <laughs> to kind of come through. Um, we had Gabby Caffey on to open up the season, so it's only appropriate now that we have a, a few more people from the Boutique Cigar Association uh, come through and share their stories with us as well. It was an absolute pleasure, honestly. Uh, I, I, I saw, once I saw you hit me, I was like, yes. <laughs> so you know, like, gotcha. <laughs> Awesome. So you hold tight. And for those of you who are watching, there'll be another video that pops up uh, on YouTube um, that will 
you should recommend because YouTube thinks that would be the best video for you to watch. Uh, or if you're watching this on Facebook, go to the YouTube channel. There's plenty more stuff for you to watch. Thank you. And like I said, have a good night or a good morning whenever you're watching this.